Okay, today's Shir, tonight's Shir, Pashas Bahar, Tafshin Ayin Dalid, as we head towards the end of Sefer Vayikra, and as we have mentioned this entire year, every Parsha has and merits its own week, and we have now Pashas Bahar as we head towards Chag HaShavuos Matan Torah. So we start off with the beginning, Vaydabar Hashem Moshe Bahar Sinai Lemar. Hashem tells Moshe at Har Sinai, just on that Pasuk, on that Pasuk, the Chavetz Chaim says, it should give us tremendous chizuk. Hashem spoke to Moshe at Har Sinai. What kind of chizuk? <laughs> Let's look back for a minute to the first Mishnah in Pirkei Avo, source number one. First Mishnah tells us, as we know, Moshe Kibal Torah Misinai. Moshe Rabbeinu gets the Torah from Har Sinai directly from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and this is echoed in our pasuk, as is in many psukim. Moshe Bahar Sinai. The Chavetz Chaim says, "Uvdezu shakadish baruchu bechvodo uva atzmo yarad el olamenu hashafel." Just the reality, the uvda that the Chavetz Baruch Hu, in his all in his might and his glory, came down to our low world, makom refesh fatit, to the to the world of of lowliness, of gashmius, of literally mud and pebbles. Hiamachayeves that itself should should enlighten us and heighten our awareness that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is really interested in our lives. And he gives a mashal. Mashal Amad of Adom, line 5. L'melech basar v'adam. She'nichnas im kol kvod malchusol l'kvar katan. There was a king that once went to a small village in his kingdom. Moluchach refesh fatid. Not even one of the great high villages, but a lowly village. To command them something. He went to the village to make sure that they heard it from him. Imagine, it's not that they just got a letter, that there was a proclamation, but the king himself came and told us what to do, told us what he expects of us. That's, that's, that's what we have to think about. Kodesh Baruch Hu himself came down to this world to give us the mitzvot, to give us the Torah. He got it from HaKadosh Baruch Hu on Arsinai. Line 11. Surely our God, the infinite. If we realize HaKadosh Baruch Hu felt it important enough to come down to our world in order to give off His plan for the world, the Torah, the instruction manual for the world, so that has to inspire us and elevate us and make us realize how important it is for us to listen to his words. That's the first Pasik by Adabra Moshe Bahar Sinai Lemur. Okay. So now we get to the beginning of the Parsha. Beginning of the Parsha, as we know, famous Rashi, the Pasik tells us the beginning of the Parsha, Dabel Bene Yisrael, Fiamartalahem, speak to Bene Yisrael, Kisavoyal Aratz Asherani no Lachem, when you come to Eretz Yisrael, Vishavsa Haaretz. Shabbos Lashem. The land shall lie fallow. Shabbos Lashem. As we know, next year is the Shemitah year, but tonight we're going to start getting into the mood a little bit with a couple of thoughts related to, related to Shemitah. Shemitah. First, we'll start off with the Rashi. The Rashi that we speak about each and every year. Bahar Sinai. Ma Inyan Shemitah. Eitzel Har Sinai. Why is Shemitah explicitly linked with Har Sinai? Hashem told Moshe at Sinai, the laws of Shemitah, the laws of Yovel. V'halokala mitzvahs namru misinai. All the mitzvahs were given at Sinai. So why is Shemitah singled out? So Rashi quoting Chazal, Ela ma Shemitah ne'emru klaloseha v'diktukeha misinai. Just like Shemitah, its general principles 
and its minutia details were all said at Har Sinai. There are Daraises, there are Durabanans, there are Halacha Moshe Sinai's, there are many elements of, of Hilcha Shemitah, Mesecha Shvius, Avkula Ne'emru Klalosehen, Vitiktukehen Misinai. So to all mitzvos, the general principles and the details were all given at Har, at Har Sinai. And then Rashi quotes, uh, continuing, Lafishal Matsinu, Shemitah's Karkos, Shenishnei's Barbaswa, but Mishnatur wasn't repeated later on, so it had to be said. Okay, we all know Ma'in Yin Eitzel Har Sinai. But the question is, as we know, as we've dealt with before, why is Shemitah picked as the example? Why is Shemitah? Oh, just like Shemitah, all of its rules and its details were given at Har Sinai, so too all mitzvahs. You could have done that by any mitzvah. Many mitzvahs might have been picked to be the model, to be the example of just like this. The big rules and the little rules were all given at Har Sinai, so too, the, so too all mitzvahs. There must be something about Shemitah. That is hinted to here. So explains the Sefer Bris Olam. It's quoted here in the, one of the volumes of Torah Ladas. Hidden in this Pasik, in these first two Psukim, are five sevens. What does that mean? Five sevens. There is a Pirkei Zerbeliezer. Pirkei Zerbeliezer is one of the earliest written Torah Shabbat that we have. It's even from before the Mishnah. Blessed and Herkinus. Rashi was considered a medrash, considered a medrash from the early Tanoim. Says the Pirkei Derbalazar in Perak Yudches, many fascinating chazals are found in the Pirkei Derbalazar, that there are many sevens, many sevens. Some of them here we've never heard of before. Shiva Riki and Baragadish Baruchu, Hashem created seven heavens. That we know from Yom Kippur. As we see at the end of Yom Kippur, Hashem Rolokim seven times. Tradition tells us that Hashem Hakadosh Baruch Hu is going back to his abode, as the Gemara describes. He's on high, so to speak. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, there are seven heavens. Umikulon lo bachalim chodshifto ella aravos, and he decided kaviyachol to stay in one of them. Okay. Next line. Shiva aratzos bar Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Umikulon lo bachar ella eretz Yisrael. There are seven lands that Hakadosh Baruch Hu created. And from all of them, he chose the land of Israel. Eretz Yisrael, Shenemar, Tamid, Eni Hashem We have to realize the schus that we have to live in God's chosen land. What does it mean, seven lands? Right, the continents, however you break up the, uh, the world. But seven lands, but Eretz Yisrael is unique amongst all the lands. Shiva Harim Baruch Seven mountains in the world or that were in the Final round of competition for Maimon Har Sinai. Umikulam lo bachar ela bahar Sinai, Shinamar, Hahar, Hamad, Elokim le Shivto. Shivayamin barakadish barachu, Mikulam lo bachar ela yam kineret. The yam kineret was chosen to be God's special one, related to in Sefer Parsha Sazos Abracha, give it to Naftali, Naftali Svaratzon, Umali Berkat Hashem, Yam Vidarom Yerasha. So we have a special yam, a special land, a special mountain. Shiva Midbaros, Barakadish Barachu. Seven deserts. Umikulon lo bachar ela Midbar Kadesh. Hashem chose Midbar Kadesh and he passed Am Yisrael through. Vehevir bo Yisrael kishiyasum imitzrayim. Finally, getting to others. Shiva olamos, Barakadish Barachu. Seven olamos, seven worlds. Umikulon lo bachar ela olam shivii. Some type of metaphysical 
uh, line relating to the world and the seventh world, which will be Olam Haba. And then we have one that we're familiar with, or even two that we're familiar with. Shiva Yamin Barah HaKadosh Baruch Seven days. The seventh day was also a creation. Hashem created Menucha and created Shabbos. Hashem blessed it. He blessed it with the man, a double portion, and he sanctified it. Baruch created seven years, and he chose Shemitah to be the sanctified one, which Hashem will talk about soon. But there are many sevens on this list. Suggest the bris olam, Maybe that's why Shemitah is the one that's hinted to. Because let's look back at the Pesukim now for a minute. Says the Bris Olam, Vayadaber Hashem El Moshe, Bahar Sinai, Lamar. There's another seven that's not on the list. Maybe even more than one. But says the Bris Olam, quoting part of the Pirkei Jerbalazar, line seven in source number three, quoting the Yalkut, Umosha Allah Elo Elohim, Isa, Kal Hashvim Chavivim, all sevens are beloved. Add in a few that are not even on this list. Chanoch was the seventh person in history. Chanoch, he was very holy that Kilokachoto Alokim. He achieved Shlemus. He lived 365 years. Kodeshbarko had to take him. David Hamelech, right, the seventh son of Yishai, according to at least certain Psukim. Kal Hashvim Chavivim, Be'avos. Hashvi'i Chaviv. In the early Jewish history, if we count seven from the first Jew, Avram Yislag Yaakov, Levi Kahas Amram, Moshe. Moshe was a seven also. The seventh one from the first Jew, from Avram Avinu. Bishanim Hashvi'i Chaviva. Years, the Yalkut says the seventh, or the years, as we know, the seventh one is Chaviv. Shemitah, the seventh cycle. Of Shemitah, as we know, is Yovel. The sanctify the fiftieth year. Now let's read the Psukim. These two Psukim at the beginning of Bahar are linking at least five of the sevens for us together, reflecting that all sevens have kedusha. Seven is symbolizing Shlema, symbolizing, as we know, the the physical world, but the perfect physical world that Hakadosh Baruch created. Hashem says to Moshe, that's the first seven. Bahar Sinai, that's the second seven we had, of the mountains. That's the third seven. Eretz Yisrael. Asher Anino Sein Lachem. Vishav Saharetz. The land will lie, Shabbos Lashem. The land will lie in, fallow, in a fallow state, Shemitah, and it should be just like Shabbos. Shabbos Lashem. Why is Shemitah picked, suggested Bris Olam? To link it to all these other sevens that the Pasuk wants to allude to. All of the sevens, sevens, sevens are always holy, are always Kadosh. Again, eight is also. So a, a, a new Sefer recently that goes through all about numbers. The unique quality of many, many numbers. Whatever number you focus on, there's a lot to talk about, but seven is definitely one of the, one of the more popular ones. Okay. Moving right along to a quick story about Shemitah. Before we get into other Shemitah issues. A quick story from one of the Svarim from Rev. Rimon. Rev. Rimon from, uh, from Gush, from Yeshiva Taratzion. Unbelievable Sifrei Halacha. He has a Sefer, uh, a comprehensive Sefer on Shemitah, both in Hebrew and it was translated into English. So in there he also has sprinkled various stories. So here he tells a story in source number four. 
there was a fellow, a friend of his from America, who was looking to come to Israel for a Shabbaton, for a year of sabbatical. He was going to come, wonderful. He was talking to Rev. Ramon, Ulam, all, but all of a sudden, the man calls him in a panic. After he had planned, and after he was all ready to go, Lefeta, line three, Chasha Shema Asatos, Vidkasheri Laibibe Halah. He was very scared. He called up in confusion. Shachachti. It's the Shemitah year. Malaylasos. This is what am I going to do? It's it's Shemitah. Should I come this year? Oh, yeah, I've heard about all the headaches about the Shemitah year in Eretz Yisrael. I've heard. Oh, what do you do? Do you buy there? Do you buy there? You can't get this. I've heard about. Do you think if I'm taking one year sabbatical, you think it's it's you know Shemitah year is a good idea? Maybe I should change my plans. Maybe I should push it off a year. It's Mamish the Eight Sahara. Whenever we want to do something, Eight Sahara, and, and, and the Eight Sahara tries to use mitzvahs to like convince us. Says, oh, maybe I shouldn't come. Maybe I should push it off. Push it off. Says Rev. Ramon on line seven. If you have one year to choose, why don't you choose the shemitah year? Amartilo, I told him. Said Rev. Ramon. Imagine kedusha. Shana Shabbat Mahar Heres Baaret Shabbos Lashem Haim Tirta Lahafsid Shana Kazu. We don't appreciate Shemitah. You know, we all could could think about it. We take the Marshal of Shabbos, right? Shabbos we know is unbelievable. The more we go through life, the more we appreciate Shabbos. We can't imagine a life without Shabbos. But when somebody first comes to being Shomer Shabbos, it's more. It's a bunch of no's. It's a lot of prohibitions. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do that. It's a day of no, if we don't appreciate the unique, if we don't scratch underneath the surface, we would just think Shabbos is a negative. It's a day I can't do things. I can't wait till Shabbos is over. Chas v'shalom. That's what Shabbos is for the un, un, not thinking in depth. But the more we think about Shabbos and learn about Shabbos and appreciate Shabbos, we realize Shabbos is unbelievable. It says Rabbi Ramon, it's the same thing about Shemitah. You know, sometimes we approach Shemitah like, oh, headaches, oh, this and that and this problem. And that. I can't, I can't, I can't. But it's Shabbos Lashem to realize the Kedusha involved. And there's always challenges whenever there's a high level of a mitzvah to do. But that's how we have to view it. Do you want to miss out on the year of Kedusha? That was his, that was his reaction. That was his attitude. It reminds me of another story that he writes in another one of his... Uh, far, I mentioned this before. The story that he calls Maisa Betapuach. The story of the apple. Where he says one time he was in Chutzlaretz and he was in a grocery store, and he went in to get a fruit, and he goes in, he picks up the apple from the uh, big pile of uh, a fruit, and he thinks to himself, Jumus and Maestris, no, nothing to talk about. Um, Bikurim, no, it's an apple, not Shivas Aminim. Ashmita, no, no, Mitzvot He said he put the apple down, he lost his appetite. He said, it's just an apple. There's nothing. It's just, it's just a hollow apple. There's nothing more here than the apple. He put it down. Right? And he didn't quote it, but one could quote along these lines the beautiful words of the Bach in Hilchas Bracha Achrona, where the Bach uh, quotes, V'nochal, we say in Alamichya, V'nochal mipirya, v'nispa mituva, and the tour is very upset at that phrase. What are we davening about the fruit of Eretz Yisrael? We should be zocheh. V'nochal mipirya, v'nispa mituva, says the Bach, Yes. Because the Kedusha itself from Eretz Yisrael flows through its fruit. Flows through its, its, its physical gashmi. 
And we have to realize that Ramordechai Elio even paskin in Hilchas Brachos, in terms of the Seder, we all know Shiva Saminim come before the other fruit. Ramordechai Elio paskin that a fruit from Eretz Yisrael, the same exact fruit, comes before a fruit from Chutz Laaretz because of the extra Kedusha. We have to realize when it comes to the mitzvah of Shemitah, it's a, it's a year of Kedusha, however we observe it, and however it should be observed, we have to realize that Rav Ramon said, well, why do you want to miss out on a year of, a year of Kedusha? Okay. So we had one thought related to the secret quality of the sevens. We had one story about Shemitah, and now let's get into some of the hashkafa behind the mitzvah of Shemitah, again as a, as a prologue and introduction a couple of months, Avalein Latova, Tavshin Ayin Hey, is a Shemitah, is a Shemitah year. What are the reasons the Hashkafic messages behind Shemitah? So we will mention a number of them. Two from the Rambam, and a number from the Sefer Achinach as well. First from the Rambam. The Rambam is number five. The Rambam says, Vi Amnam, from Mora Nevuchim. Vi Amnam. Kol ha-mitzvos asher safarnum b'hilcha shemitah v'yovel mehem lechemla al b'nei adam. Many of these halachas are to have compassion on people. V'harchava l'b'nei adam kulam. K'mosha amar v'yachlu evyonei amcha v'yitram tochal chayas ha-sodeh. Reason number one of shemitah, to be able to supply the poor. So that my field will be hefker, and whoever needs can have whatever they need. Need apples, need this, need that. It won't all be mine. I'll let my field life fallow. Everybody will be able to come in. Whoever wants There's an isser of shmira. I'm not allowed to lock up my field, even if I don't work it. And that is what the purpose is, to allow everybody to have whatever they need, to make sure the anim are taken care of. Point number one. Question. I asked myself a number of the achronim on this first reason of the Rambam. Let's think about it. The anim need produce. You want to make sure they're taken care of. Wouldn't it have been more appropriate even to the mitzvah, for the mitzvah should be work extra and give super duper tzedakah? You have to give more than, you know, triple meister ani. If somebody doesn't work their land, then it's not going to grow so much. There's going to be less produce. I'm not allowed to touch it. I'm not allowed to work, work it in, in the normal way. So won't that backfire on us? If the whole purpose of Shemitah, according to this Rambam number one, is to be able to have enough to supply to all those who need it, to supply to the Ani and to supply, so the Mitzvah should be work extra. You have to put in extra time so your field has extra produce to make sure to give plenty to the Ani. Why is the Mitzvah exactly the opposite? To don't work it at all, so then you're going to have to take and then you're not going to do business with it. So how is this going to help the Ani? It should be just the opposite. So this is also from Rav Ramon Sefer. In source number six, he quotes this question on line six. Imzeo tam shmita lechora tamua madua mitzvah mitzvah hatorah lahafsik lavod. Why does the Torah say to stop? Adaraba hayamachom letzavot alhem shechavoda. She has to do extra kedei lahagbiras hatfukalaniim to make the produce to make the what comes out of it your yield to make the yield even greater. And then y'all have to give more to the Aniyim by not touching it. So he quotes his Rebbe, Rav Aaron Lichtenstein, Shlita, who says, no, 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 we don't understand what the Rambam means. The Rambam doesn't mean that, oh, we let the Aniyim come in so that we can give them more. You're right. If it was about our giving them more, so then 
The mitzvah should be that we should have to work extra and produce even more. The point isn't to give anything. The point is to share with, not to give to. And share with means I don't act like a Baalim. I can't act like a Baalabayas. Because if I act like a Baalabayas, then even if the Ani would come in, he would still be taking something, not sharing with me. And that's the purpose of Shemitah. To put everybody on the same playing field. The equality, the whole Shemitah and Yovel, for that matter. It's all about equality. Right? Freedom shall spread across the land. Right? The only Pasuk from the Torah on the Liberty Bell. Right? So, cross and draw Right? It, equality. That's what Shemitah is about. It's not about giving. It's about sharing. And there's a big difference. It's a big difference. If a child thinks that he's giving some of his snack, it's very hard. If he knows this is for both of you, it's much different. It's a much different attitude. Giving is hard. And also the person getting feels like they're taking and they're, and they're mooching and, and they don't feel so good. But if the other person says, oh, it's also mine. Abba said it's also mine. It's a totally different situation because we're sharing. There's no giver and taker. That's what Shemitah is about. Line 12. It's not about just giving him the monetary economic issues. Is that the nosein doesn't feel above, doesn't feel any better than the receiver. He doesn't work. I don't work, so it's not mine. You come in. It's ours. Haperos galu meatzmam. It grew by themselves. Vakarka he hefker. Ha'ani lokeach me hefker. Ve'nozakuk lechasadav shel hanose. That's part of the larger rubric of many of these mitzvahs of Shemitah v'yovel. But that's all. Message number one of Shemitah, the Rambam, who says it's about chemla al bnei adam. V'yarchav la bnei adam. What's the chemla? The chemla is to make them a partner with us and not to give them just because they need it. Number one. Number two, those of you in the background might hear noise. There is a thunder and lightning storm taking place here in Eretz Yisrael, in, uh, in ER. It's unbelievable. Uh, everything in Eretz Yisrael is Gishmei Bracha, we like to think. So, that's Hashem. Okay, we continue. Says the, uh, says the Rambam. Next point of the Maranavuchim. The end of the Source 5. This is a question that one has to ask the farmers, but says the Rambam, and other Rishonim quote this as well, the Abarbanel, if we let the land lie fallow one year, it'll get its strength back, and it'll be even stronger for the next year. It's like Mamish a sabbatical. We let the land take a rest, and the following year it'll produce even more. Okay? That's number two. But the Sefer Achinach gives a couple of other reasons as well. Sefer Achinach on line 7. Those of the mitzvah here, feel free. We're heading towards the final uh, 30. Says the Sefer Achinach, Mishar Sheha Mitzvah, Likvoa Bili Benu, Ulit Sayer, Tsiur Chazak B'Machshavtenu, Inyan Chiddush HaOlam. Shemitah is about Maisa Bracious. Remember last week we spoke about two other mitzvahs about Maisa Bracious. We spoke about Mechus Rizman. We spoke about Osova Esbino. So those are a little more rubbing beneath the surface. But it makes sense that there are many, many mitzvahs throughout the Torah that are there to remind us of Zechel Amai Sabratius. So this is one of them as well. Shemitah, it's years, 
It's not days, but we act like a Kaddish Baruch Hu as well. Created the, the world in six days. On the seventh day, Shavas. You have that word in two places. You have it by Shabbos, and of course we have a Shavsa Haaretz Shabbos Lashem. Ulaman Hasir Ula Akor Villa Akor. In order to remove and to uproot Ulisharish Meiraayoneinu. To remove and to uproot the belief that the world has always been here. Right? What's been here? What do you mean? It was a creation? That doesn't make sense. I don't understand it. Like the Mishnah says in Chagiga, if we think too hard about it, we'll just go crazy. Right? We're not allowed to think about it and give sheer about certain, certain areas of Torah, which there is no way that a human being could under- get answers to certain questions. And therefore, we're not allowed to even try. Because Chazal knew what's good for us. So, if we need, says the Zebra Chinuch, this mitzvah is given to us to uproot the beliefs, the beliefs that, that break the walls and undermine all towers, our entire life, is structured as sevens. We have days structured as sevens. We have, let's say, counting to Maimon Harsinai, structured as sevens. Everything is sevens. And of course, we have the years structured as sevens and the cycle of years structured as sevens. It's all to count into us. Seven, 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 seven. That's not, there's no human source for that. It's my separation. This is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. As we alluded to already last week, why does a month have a certain amount of days? The lunar month? Because of nature. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu sets something up. Why does the weeks have a certain number of days? Because of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Our entire calendar is a Zeichel and my separation. But that's what Shemitah is as well. Uvachain, loti pared la'olamo inyami beninenu tamid. This idea will never leave us. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is always on our mind. Shivisi Hashem lenegdi samid. V'zeo ki inyan shanumonim yimei shavua. B'sheishes yimei avoda. V'ashvi yom menucha. And that's exactly why we count six days of the week of work and the seven days yom menucha. V'lachain siva Hakadosh Baruch Hu lahafker kol mashatotzi aritz b'shanazu. Give it a shvisa. Just like Hashem was Shoveis. Number one. Number two. Says, oh, I just finished number one. We, we realize that there is a master, there is a father to Mother Nature. Line 18. Number four altogether. Number two in the Sefer Echinach. Similar to the Rambam, number one is to teach us about being a Vatran about not holding everything for ourselves. There is no greater nadiv, volunteering, as knowing that you're not getting anything back. These people cannot pay back. They're in a state where they can't, and they can come right in. Strangers off the street could come right in and take. That itself will teach us, will force us, to become a certain type of individual. As the Chinuch says many times throughout his Sefer, Hashem has demands for us because he knows once we fulfill these demands, that will rub off on us and make us a certain type of religious personality. And this falls into that category. 
to teach us Midas Havachrams. And then one final section. The Chinuch usually brings one idea for mitzvos. Here he brings three, so it behooves us to go through all three. He feels it's important enough. Another suggestion. If anybody finds in their heart to be mafkir, somebody's able to do this. Imagine, imagine thinking that you're not going to have any debits to your bank account for an entire year. Somebody's a farmer. They're not going to work. They're not going to. They're going to sell for their basic needs. But nothing more than that. Nothing else is going on this year. That's the message. The message of Hakadosh Baruch Hu taking care of us. And what's going to be tomorrow? I'll figure it out tomorrow. I'll figure it out tomorrow. Right now, Hakadosh Baruch Hu takes care of me. I have what I have. The message of Bitachon reminds us of the Gemara at the end of Masechah's Yuma. The Gemara tells us. I didn't give it to you. The Gemara tells us on the Vayin Vav Masechah's Yuma. The Talmidim asked from Shimon by Yochai. Week and a half till his yard site. The Talmidim of Rishon Bayechai asked him, Why did Akadosh Baruch Hu make the man fall every single day? Except Shabbos. Why didn't he make the man fall once? One day, and Hashem would have made a nace that the man would have lasted and wouldn't have, wouldn't have um, spoiled. Right? It did it for a day. Akadosh Baruch Hu could have made it. Instead of falling every day, the Bible could have made the nace that it fell once and we would have it. Right? He has to make it every day. We have to go out and come back. Why? Says the Gemara. Kodesh Baruch Hu wanted us to look and daven and be a little nervous every single day and hope and look towards him. Because the Gemara gives the mashal. A father who gives an allowance once a year, the son only comes to see him once a year. The father that gives the allowance every day Every day the son comes and says hello to the father and is nice to the father and hopes the father, the, the uh, faucet, doesn't turn off. It's the same thing with HaKadosh Baruch Hu giving us the man every day. That's the message. The message of, I have what I need today. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will take care, take care of me. Again, the balance of Ishtablis, Pitachon, we've discussed in the past. This is Shemitah. This is Shemitah. Okay. Moving right along. Now let's get to the next mitzvah in the Parsha, and that, of course, is Yovel. Shemitah goes right into Yovel. The Pasuk tells us in Pasuches, the 8th Pasuk in the Parsha, V'safarta l'cha. You shall count for yourself. L'cha is singular. Chazal always tell us. L'cha means it's not. Ironically, the singular Lashon means it's not upon every individual Jew. L'cha means it's on a body of Jews that represents the Klal. Bezdin. Who counts Yovel years? Bezdin. Usfartem lochem, last week's parasha, that's plural. That means, svira l'kal echad ve'echad. The plural lashon means each and every individual Jew. The singular lashon means bezdin as a whole. V'safarta l'cha. V'safarta l'cha sheva shabtos shanim, sheva shanim sheva pa'amim. You shall count seven cycles. V'hayu l'cha yimei sheva shabtos ha'shanim, teisha v'arbaim shana. Forty-nine years. Vahavarta shofar shrua b'chodesh ha'shvi'i, you shall, vahavarta, you shall, what is vahavarta? You shall pass through, you shall blow. A shofar shrua b'chodesh ha'shvi'i in the seventh month, be'asr la'chodesh. On the tenth of the month, 
But Yom HaKippurim, we already know what that is from Parshas Achremos, Ta'aviru Shofar B'chal Artzachem. You shall blow shofar in all the lands. V'kidashem Eshtan Zacham Yishim Shani. You shall sanctify the 50th year. Ukrasem Dura Bar Zachol Yoshveha. Call out freedom. Yovel Hiti Elachem. It is Yovel. That we discussed in past years. What does that word mean? What does the word Yovel mean? Yovel. It is Yovel. Jubilee. Okay, we translate it like that. But what does it mean? Rashi says it means shofar, the Ramban, the others. So we discussed that in past years. V'shaftem Ishal Achuzaso. V'ishal Mishpachto Tashufu. Everything, it's a reset button. You know those reset. Because we're a little off, sometimes things are running slow. You know, sometimes you want to you wanna, uh, restart the computer so that it's, it's a new, new beginning. That's Yovel. Yovel is restart. Good. Says Rashi. Rashi on the Pasik, Pasik test. B'yom HaKippurim. Says that we blow shofar on Yom Kippur. Mimash b'shenemar b'yom HaKippurim. From the fact that it says on Yom Kippur, why does the Pasuk have to say, asks Rashi? It's the 10th month, the 10th day of the 7th month. So we know that's Yom Kippur. What do you have to say it's Yom Kippur for? Why do you have to say that? The extra phrase is to teach me as follows. Shofar on Yom Kippur is Doche Shabbos Bechol Artzachem, and even if you have Kippur fall down on Shabbos, the Ein Tkias Rosh Hashanah Doche Shabbos Bechol Artzachem, Ela Bebezdim Bilvad. But Shofar of Rosh Hashanah, that's not Doche Shabbos. Only Shofar of Yom Kippur is Doche Shabbos, not Shofar of Rosh Hashanah. That's Rashi. We don't have to look too far, and if we think about this, maybe we're all coming up with a question already, and that is the question of the Ramban. The Ramban cannot fathom what Rashi is coming to tell us here. Says the Ramban now in source number 8, after he quotes Rashi, again, what's the extra phrase in the Pasuk teaching me? That only shofar of Yom Kippur is Doche Shabbos, but shofar of Rosh Hashanah is not Doche Shabbos. Says the, says the uh, Gemara, says the, says the Ramban, V'hinei, line 3 at the end, V'hinei harav mipnei begius. Look at this line. Mipnei begiuso betalmud. Rashi, who is unbelievable. His bekius is unfathomable. And everything in front of him is like a set table. Obviously, Rashi doesn't mean this, says the Ramban. What's he bothered by? Blowing shofar is not an Isidar Isa. You need a Pusik to teach me that you're allowed to blow shofar when Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos? Why would I have thought otherwise? It's not one of the Lamates Malachos. Oh, you're allowed to blow shofar on Shabbos. Okay, you're also allowed to breathe on Shabbos. And you're also allowed to walk on Shabbos. You don't need a Pasuk to tell me that. So blowing shofar on Shabbos, of course, it's mutter. Why would I have thought otherwise? That's the Ramban's kasha. And the Ramban, sometimes the Ramban argues on Rashi. But here, it's interesting why he does it here. Ramban says, Rashi, because he is on such a high level, he didn't explain himself. Because he just assumed, he just assumed that everybody realized what was going on. Look what he says. Because everything is knows. He says, hey, matos, it is misleading to other people. Because it's clear. Rashi knows the Gemara, says the Ramban. It's clear. Kiatkios kulan shal Rosh Hashanah v'yom ha-kipurim v'yafilu shal Rashus mutaros hein Right, it's the kiosk of Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. It's 
there's no Havamina. Why should it be, why should it be Asur? What's the Havamina? Why is it Asur on Shabbos? The famous Gzera de Rabbah. You might come to carry the chauffeur. But Mekra Din blowing is not, is not Asur. The Ain Lazet Iker Be'inyan of Klau. Right? There is no um, Iker. So he says at the end, The real message of Rashi, don't take it so literally, so that the chauffeur, Yom Kippur, is, is done everywhere. Okay, focus on the first half of Rashi. A little difficult. The Rabban says Rashi doesn't really, doesn't really mean what he means. But what does he mean? Rashi says it. It sounds like Rashi is saying that the Pasuk is coming to teach me that when Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos, you don't blow shofar. But then we're back to the Ramadan's kasha. How could that mean? How could you mean that literally? Says Rav Schwab, very creative thought. Said Rav Schwab, let's remember a Taz. A Taz that has come up in many other contexts, but let's review it now. And then Rav Schwab is going to tell us something about this Taz. We've mentioned this Taz, but never through the eyes of Rav Schwab. Says the Taz in Hilchus Rosh Hashanah, Tav Kuf Peches, on the Halacha, on this Halacha that Rashi quotes, that when Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos, we don't blow shofar. Ain token b'shofar mishum shemi yitzlenu biyado lelechei tzobaki lilmod v'yavirenu dalaramas b'rishos arab. The Higsha Mizrahi continues. He quotes the question of the Mizrahi as follows. We know that blowing musical instruments on Shabbos or Yantif is Asr Durabanan. You're not allowed to play guitar on Shabbos. Why? What's the Malacha? Shemi Yisake and Kleshir. Maybe I might come to, to fix an instrument. Okay, we all know the Zebra, whether the reason applies today or not. Not for us now. That's the Asr Durabanan. Shofar is a musical instrument. Can I, am I allowed to blow shofar on sukkahs? If I blow shofar on sukkahs, that's an Isidur Abanan of Shem Yisak and Kleshir. It's a musical instrument. I'm allowed to do it on Rosh Hashanah because it's a mitzvah. Asks the Mizrahi, asks the Taz, maybe we should say you can't blow shofar on Rosh Hashanah even when it falls out during the week because of the Xera of musical instruments. That's the Taz's kasha. Why don't I say... Why do I say that we don't blow shofar on Rosh Hashanah when it falls down on Shabbos because of Xavier de Rabbah? I might come to carry the shofar. I might not know how to blow. I might take it to an expert that learned to blow and carry it through the street, Rosh Hashanah. Forget Shabbos. What about weekday? Rosh Hashanah is a yantif. Just like every other yantif, you're not allowed to blow shofar. So to Rosh Hashanah, we just say, you can't blow shofar on Rosh Hashanah, period, because Xavier de Rabbana. Says the Taz, what's the answer? And we could all guess the answer. Says the Taz, line three, right in the middle of source number nine. The O nearly literates. The Ain Lohem Ligzar, the Laakar Legamre Dvar Torah, Shetzivsa, The rabbis do not have the authority to totally uproot a mitzvah Daraisa. They could temporarily, you know, uh, remove it. They could. Break a rule at one moment, if need be. Elio Bahara Carmel. Right? He was Makrev Karbados. Why? Because, right, the Yesh Koach Biachacham and Lakha Dovermen Torah for a moment. But to wipe out a mitzvah entirely, the Rabbana can never do that. 
The Rabbanic can say, don't blow shofar on Rosh Hashanah when it falls out on Shabbos, because you blow shofar when it falls out during the week. But if we say, you can't blow shofar on Rosh Hashanah, then they are totally obliterating a mitzvah daraisa. They can't do that. The Rabbanon do not have the authority to do that on that type of basis. Fine, if Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos, it's not totally uprooted. below Shabbos, since in a year that it doesn't fall out on Shabbos, token beyantif. But on a weekday, you can't do that. Venera, and he says, maybe this is what the Chazal mean. This would be violating Divrei Torah. And he quotes there are other contexts as well. He says maybe this is why there's no gzera of you're not allowed to do brismila when the eighth day falls out on Shabbos. You might come to carry the knife. You can't say that because there's a favorite extra pasuk in the Torah that says you have to do the mila even when it falls out on day eight on Shabbos. Okay, that's the Taz. Asks Rav Schwab, what's the source for that in the Torah? The Torah gives the rabbis the right to make laws. Asu mishmeres lemishmarti. It's a pasik. Lo sasur. We're not allowed to turn away from the rabbis. The rabbis can make laws and we have to listen to them. Who says they can't wipe out a mitzvah? Maybe that's part of their power. Hashem commanded it. Hashem says, my Torah is subject to what you decide. Maybe they could do that. Where is there a source in the Torah for this chiddush of the Taz? Which many, the Minchas Chinuch uses this Taz 15 times. Right? The Shagasari. Everybody loves this Taz. They quote this idea. Where in the Torah is there a makar that the Rabbani can't do this? Says Roshwab, that's our Rashi. That's what Rashi's telling me. According to the Medrash. What does the Pazak say? Blow shofar on Yom Kippur on Shabbos. But don't blow shofar when Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos. What's the emphasis? Only when Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos. And not when Rosh Hashanah falls out during the week. Says the Ma'ayan Beis HaShoeva, says Rav Schwab, quoting the Taz's Chid, I don't know if he quotes it in the name of the Taz, but it's the Taz's Chidish, he quotes Rashi, quotes the Ramban, and then he quotes the Makar for Rashi in the Medrash, and then he quotes on line 24 all the way at the end, after quoting this, V'amnam minayin lanu makar min amikra How do we know this? That the rabbis have the power to uproot but not totally. They can only wipe out temporarily. They can wipe out partially, but never permanently. That's the extra pasuk. Because then they would be wiping it out totally. So the Taz is known, but Rav Schwab is Hosef, the Novak Mishalo. Now we have a Makar for the Taz in the Torah. It's not just based on Svarah. Now we have a Makar. Maybe that's behind what Rashi is saying. Okay. Now let's move away from the Shemitah, the Yoba Halachos, and get into the next area, and that is lending. Lending, buying and selling, and rules of lending. We have the Isurim of Ona'a. Isurim of Ona'a that come up in the here. Ona'a ripping people off. That's Ona'a's Mamun. But we also have, we'll get to soon, Ona'a's Dvarim. But first, I'll start off with Ona'a's Mamun. Perachafei Pasuk Yudalit. Pasuk tells us, right by Shani, V'chisim Karu Memkar La'amisecha. Somebody sells something to their friend. O Kanom Yad Amisecha. Or buys something. 
Altonu ish es achiv. We're going to start with source number 11 in a minute. Altonu ish es achiv. Do not be tonet. What is tonet? Ona'a? Ona'a is ripping people off. Rashi, altonu. Zu ona'as mamon. Right? The different rules in halacha, overcharging more than a sixth, exactly a sixth, less than a sixth, right, without getting into all the deals. Ona'as mamon. Ripping people off. There's a story in the Gemara. It's summarized at the beginning of source number 11 in the Yagel Torah. It's all the way at the end of Baba Kama, Baba Kama Kufyud Gimel. The story is that Shmuel, Shmuel was buying something from an Anjou. Shmuel Shakanapa Minachri Kachal Zahav, Betur Kachal Barzel. There was a jug that really hidden, it was a golden jug. But on the outside, it was a copper jug. Meaning it was being sold as a copper jug, but underneath it was golden. Shmuel, it's clear from the story, realized it was golden. And they agreed upon a price. And when he was ready to pay four gold coins for Zehuvim, for this jug, which was the agreed upon price, the language of the Gemara is Hivlia Zahub Echad. He was Mavlia Wanzuz, which simply, on the simple service, he swallowed Wanzuz. It means he kept it for himself. Shmuel only gave three and not four. That's what it sounds like. You read the Gemara. He, this was a golden jug, and he paid four because he was a, everybody knew who thought it was a copper, and he only gave three. He was Mavliya Zugechad. That's the story in the Gemara. And obviously the questions abound. Shmuel is ripping somebody off here. First of all, if it was golden, how is Shmuel only paying for a copper one? Isn't that Ona on Shmuel's part? He's underpaying. And number two, even without that, they agreed upon a price. How could Shmuel underpay? They agreed upon four and he's only giving three. So Shmuel is not a ma'arim. So how are we supposed to understand the story that Shmuel was not violating Ona's mamon? Says Rav Nassim Adler, Rebbe of Chazam Sofer, it's just the opposite of what we're thinking. A davar charif, says Rav Nassim Adler. It's lahepech. Shmuel here was acting perfectly, honestly, to try to find out exactly what type of person he was dealing with. Let's get into Shmuel's mind. Shmuel goes to buy a jug. And he sees this jug is golden underneath. But the guy is selling it as a copper jug. Hmm. Why would somebody be selling a copper jug that's really a golden jug for a cheaper price? There's one of two options, says Shmuel to himself, says Rav Nassim Adler. Either because he's really naive and mistaken, and he doesn't know, he doesn't know that this is a golden jug, it's a copper jug. Or... Maybe he's just trying to unload stolen merchandise. Maybe he knows it's gold, but he's got to get rid of it. Maybe somebody's, the, the, the police are on his tail. He's got to get rid of it. He painted it over copper. He needs to get rid of it as quickly as possible, but it's really stolen merchandise that he, stylized, that he has to unload. Shmuel's like, how am I going to figure this out? How do I know? What am I going to do? Let's read up till now. Line six. Tashmuel below Yada Manasepo. He doesn't know what's going on here. Imagoy Eni Yodeya Shakarasimizov. If the guy doesn't know, Vusavershin Enuela Bars, if he thinks it's copper, then I have to tell him. I have to tell him, Mister, you have a golden card. But if not, maybe he's just trying to unload it. Shmuel says, I have an idea. I have an idea. 
I'm going to be Mavlia. What does Mavlia mean? It means to swallow. But says there's not another. It doesn't mean that Shmuel himself swallowed an extra coin. It means he paid him an extra coin. He was Mavlia. What do we, we have in other areas of Malacha? Havla'a. Right? Shmita, getting back to Shmita. The Mishnah says in Sukkah that I'm not allowed to do business with Shmita fruits. So how do you buy a Shmita esrog? I pay extra for the lulav. I'm Mavlia, the price of the esrog in the lulav. That means extra. Shmuel gave an extra coin as a test. Because I'm going to see, says Shmuel, if the guy comes back to me and says, you paid me one extra, I know he's an honest guy. And it must be he's making a mistake and I'll tell him and I'll pay him the rest. If he doesn't say a word, I know what kind of guy this guy is. And that's how Shmuel used his chachma, not to trick the guy. Not for Onos, Mamon, Chas, V'Shalom. The opposite. To try to save the Nignav, possibly. If he could get back the stolen merchandise to try to return it to its rightful owner. That's why he did it. Im is Azov, HaMiyutar, Siman Hu, Shehu Adam Hagun. He doesn't know that it's gold. And then he'll be, he'll be Mosif. Avalom lo Yaxir lo is Azov, HaMiyutar. If he doesn't give it back, he'll know that he's a Ganav, and it's stolen merchandise, and he will just have to get it back. Okay. That's one thought on Onoas Mamon, the godless of Shmuel. My father always likes to say, we don't, he's not Reb Shmuel, just Shmuel. He was a big doctor in the, in the, in the Gemara, busy, busy taking care of everybody, he didn't have time to get smicha. That's why he's Shmuel. He's Shmuel. He's not Reb Shmuel, just Shmuel. Now let's move over to the other type of Onoa, and that is Onoas Dvarim. Perachavhei, Pasig Yudzayin. Chavhei Yudzayin. If you suck him later, velo sonu ish es amiso. Say him much. A person shouldn't be tone. The aresa mealokecha, and you shall fear Hashem. Ki ani Hashem alokechem. Why is that added in? Says Rashi. Velo sonu abazik yezayin kan hisrael onaz dvarim. Here is insulting. Onaz dvarim insulting or. Saying anything negative, shelo yaknet ishes chaveiro, v'lo yasiyenu eitzashenu hogeneslo, giving him bad advice or insulting and putting them down, and you might think, lest one thinks that they can get away with it, nobody will know about it. The yaresa melokah, Kodesh Baruch who knows about it, nobody could get away from the yodeya machshavos, ha yodeya machshavos, who yodeya, kol davar masur lalev shein makir elamisha machamachshava belibo, never above yaresa melokah. That's Rashi. Fine. Rav Zilberstein, in Aleinu L'Shabeach, again, one of his many sets of Svarim, quotes two thoughts related to Onaz Dvarim. First, he quotes on Rashi, the idea of Onaz Dvarim, that we can't put anyone, can't want anybody down, and that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is medoptic about every little action of ours and word that comes out of our mouth. We have to be so careful because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is so careful. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows the Aresam Elokecha. Before he gets into Onaz Dvarim specifically, he quotes a related shot of the, of the Dubna Magid. The Gemara tells us that B'nei Banav Shel Haman Lamdu Torah B'nei Brak. Haman's descendants learned Torah B'nei Brak. That's the Gemara. Gemara said Hesh. He says there was a prince. There was a prince that was eating lunch and he started choking on a bone. 
Shenitkalo etzim begrono. He started choking. He started to choke, and uh, all of a sudden, somebody busts into the room. Somebody who had wanted to rob and to vandalize and maybe even to kill the prince. He runs over to the prince. He starts hitting him and begging him and attacking him. But through that, the bone gets dislodged and he saves the prince's life. Even though that wasn't his kavana. The king hears about it and says, Oh, this is my psak. The shodei, the one who came in, he's chayimisa because he tried to kill my son. He's Chaimisa, but he did save my son's life. So there was something good that came out of his actions. I'm going to reward his children. He's Chaimisa. But his children, Mishigi Asibra, that's what he says. He says, Vakachayim Haman. That's what happened with Haman. Haman himself was a Russian Mushchas. But look what Haman caused. Am Yisrael came together. All the tshuva. Hadar Kidlu Abimeach Hashverosh. Unbelievable. Okay, Haman, you could die. I'll have a relationship with your with your descendants. So that's just one thought he has on that. Akharis Baruch Hu is bedaktik about every little element, every person, every aspect of of his life. But then he continues relating to um, an issue of Onaz Dvarim, which is so Rav Palm writes time and again in his in his Svarim. We're so careful, or at least we not that we're so careful. We try to be careful about lashon hara. The Chavetz Chaim, Shmeres HaLashen, unbelievable, says Rav Palm. But we have no Hasaga about Onaz Dvarim. He says it's just as common. Rav Palm writes that nobody wrote Svarim about that yet. Insulting any word that I know might hurt someone else, their feelings, it's Mamash and Isidaraisa. Onaz Dvarim, we have to be so careful. Ah, yeah, they know, they don't mind. They know me, I, I say it all the time. They're used to it. They have all the excuses in the book. Onaz Dvarim says the Aleinu L'Shabeach. This is the story. Siperli Rofe. He says one time there was a doctor that came to him and Siperli Rofe She'achlit Lasos as a Dover Befoel. Yom Echad Yigila Bachur. This is what happened. There was a boy that came to him with a certain illness. And the boy was what we might call not following the straight and the narrow in his Avodah Hashem. He needed some Chizuk. In Azavodah Hashem, this, this teenager. He comes to the doctor and he has a certain type of illness. The doctor uses it as an opportunity to say to the boy that he has a little more serious illness in order that the boy starts taking his life a little more seriously and in that way he motivates and inspires the boy and the boy becomes an unbelievable unbelievable follower in Evid Hashem. But now the doctor is having second thoughts and wondering, did I do the right thing? The results are great. But was I allowed to do that? Was I allowed to do that? Says with Silverstein, Pashas at the top of the next page, the Pashas is the doctor violated the Isidaraisa of Onaz Dvar. You can't, you, how could you use these, these types of, right, the methods to lie? To Shalom, but to inspire somebody, okay, but here, to scare them in this way. And where do you see that from? From Penina. Remember Penina? Chana and Penina. Penina starts insulting Chana and insulting Chana so that she feels so much pain, she davens harder and she'll have a child. And Penina lost all of her sons for that. Chazal tell us. Why? Because Onaz Onaz. It doesn't matter if your kavanas are good. Onaz Onaz. So on the surface, it seems like the doctor was wrong. But then says of Zilberstein... 
I found the Shavus Yaakov. A story of the Shavus Yaakov, Yaakov Reisha, one of the great 1700s, who says that two people once came to him to a Din Torah, and the answer to the Din Torah was obvious. He could have given them a Psak Din right away, but he decided to delay the Din. He says, come back next week. Let me think about it. Let me think about it. And he explained, He thinks to himself, if I would have passed for them on the spot right away, they would have been choshin, oh, they don't take our case so seriously. They pass it very quickly. They don't think about it. They don't look it up in the sources. They wouldn't take it so seriously. So even though they're going to be on shpokas, even though they're going to like, oh, they, what's going to be? Am I right? Am I? Even though they're going to be in a little pain because I don't give them an answer, I'm going to delay. Because I know in the long run, they're going to have more covet for the misora and covet for the dayanim in this way. So the Shavos Yaakov, you see, did delay. It's not, oh, not what he said, but it's what he didn't say. What's the difference between what Penina did and what the Shavos Yaakov did? Asked Rav Zilverstein. And his answer, quote the Adaret, so maybe there's a big difference. The Shavos Yaakov's case, he was doing it for the good of these Baling Dinim. If he didn't do this, he was already involved in the case. He knew if he would do this, he would cause problems. He waited and he helped them. Who asked Penina to get involved? This was between Chana and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Who asked to get involved? And therefore there's a big difference between those cases. How does this relate back to the doctor case? He doesn't say at the end. But it's an interesting case to bring up. And um, we should all be zoka just to uh, healthy children and healthy, healthy physical and spiritual children in all, in all ways. Okay, let's get, get to the final point for tonight. And that is from Rafinkus. The end of the Parsha, although when we get through, the last Pasik, the last Pasik, Parachavav, the last two Psukim of the Parsha is Parachavav. Keep Shabbos, fear and be in awe of my Mikdash, Ani Hashem. Mikdash Yitiro, fear my Mikdash. We know there is a Mitzvah Daraisa of Mora Mikdash, and on a certain level, there's also a mitzvah of Mora Beis HaKnesses. As we know, the Pasuk, based on the Pasuk, the Gemara tells us that a Beis HaKnesses is a Mikdash Ma'at. It's a little Mikdash. So just like there's a mitzvah of Mora Mikdash, there's a mitzvah of Mora Beis HaKnesses. Says Rapinkus in Surah 15, just a Ha'ara. When we say Mikdash Ma'at, what does that mean exactly? Mikdash Ma'at, a small Mikdash. Every shul is a small Mikdash. What does that mean? So sometimes we might think of it in terms of quality. Says Pincus, it's only in terms of quantity. And he gives a marshal. Gives a marshal. Pincus obviously lived uh, a number of years ago. He says, 30 years ago, he says, He's talking about a tape recorder. You have these big, clunky tape recorders to put a tape in. And he says, and now they're much smaller. And if you would have lived, forget it now. You know, but it keeps getting smaller and smaller. What, that mean it's worse? There's less, there's less ability here? There's less ability here. It's the same or even more ability. But let's say it's the same ability. It's a tape ma'at. But it's the same power. And we look at it as just as powerful. And it's even better, maybe. 
at least on the same level. That's Mikdash Ma'at. That's Mikdash Ma'at, our Beis HaKnesses. Every time we walk into a shul, to realize that. There's a whole area of Halacha, which many of us don't learn, Hilchas Beis HaKnesses, in the second volume of the Mishnah Bura. We all learn Kriya Shman, Tefillah, Hilchas Beis HaKnesses. In the beginning of that simon, Kufnun Aleph, I gave it to you in Surah 16, Bati Knesios, Bati Midrashos, Einogin, Bohem, Kalos, Rosh, Kigon, Tzchok, Vehito, Vesicha, Betela, Stam, Shmuzik, it's not for the shul, Vein, Ochlin, Vishosamehem, Vlom, Eskashemehem, Vlom, Etailin, Bohem, Vein, Machashon, Olam, Cheshbonos, Elam, Kein, Heim, Shal, Mitzvos. We have to remember, Umikdashi, Tiro, Mikdash, Ma'at, not only B'Sha'as, Atfilah, of course B'Sha'as, Atfilah, but even Shalom B'Sha'as HaTfilah, if there's something we have to discuss that has nothing to do with Torah or mitzvos, we should go out of the shul. Right? Mikdash Ma'at, we have to realize, says Rav Pinkus, is only in terms of quantity. It might be smaller, but not in terms of quality. Halavai, we should all be zochet to, to recognize this, this level of Kedusha that we have. And through our recognition of the Mikdash Ma'at, we should be zochet to the Mikdash, not Ma'at, the Mikdash Shlishi.